the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. I do speak in a lot of places, and of course they always have to introduce you, but I never get an introduction like I got like this. It was like hearing my own obituary, you know what I mean? (laughs) It was unbelievable. And I would really rather have you know this, that truly, with all my heart, I am really a nobody who wants to tell anybody about somebody who died for everybody. And that's really who I am. And you're just looking at a guy like anybody else that has a big God and is just willing to let God work in his life. And that's all there is to it. Now, I would like to tell you that I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't be before you if it wasn't for this one person. And most of you will think, oh, you must be his mother. Well, yeah, that's true. But spiritually speaking, I would not be here today if it wasn't for my sweet wife, Carol. And I'd like to have Carol stand up because she led me to Christ at a youth ranch in Miami back in 1966. And I don't know what kind of pill she takes, but she looks as pretty today as she does then. And I really thank the Lord for that. Now, since the last time I was with you, our life continues to change. The last time I was with you, I wore glasses all the time. Now I only wear them for reading. I have double vision, and so they've been doing surgery after surgery to get rid of the double vision. And so the only good thing about the double vision that I have is that I see two beautiful women getting out of the shower every day, you know? So that's a beautiful thing that I have. My wife hates to say that, so I probably have to go home in your car today. But... God has been so good. And then as I look at, uh, there's twice as many people here too, by the way. Uh, As I look at you though, I look at this crowd and first of all, I want to speak to those that are the guests uh, that have never been here before. You are in... on a campus really filled with people who truly love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, and mind, and they love one another. And I don't say that everywhere because I have not been at the same church as long as I've been a part of this church since about 2003. So I've watched this church go through its isms and spasms and growth and all of that. And these are genuine people. So if you are looking for a faith family that will care for you wherever you are right now, but love you enough not to leave you there, but to help you on your journey with God, you will find it here. And they'll do the best they can with what they have for you. So I hope that you come back. Those of you that have been a part of Carol's and my ministry, um, seems like we travel around and we move a lot. We started in Florida, then we ended up in North Carolina, and then we went up to New York, and then we went to Texas, and then we went to Southern California, went to Hawaii, and now we're in Orlando. And you're wondering, why in the world? What's happening? Are you getting fired from every place you've been? No, thank the Lord that hasn't happened. But we are running from the law. No, I'm joking on the last part. But if you look at the where is he going? 
Carol observed this uh, a while ago because I was wondering what was really happening. But here's where I sense the Lord has built into our life. Um, it doesn't make us better than anybody. We're, this is just what's happened. It seems like the Lord has taken us to ministries that were broken, damaged, or trying to get started. And somehow we would get called to that ministry. And then we would be there and we would plant ourselves in the faith family, buy a home, live there, just, you know, all that like the regular people. But we would build them up. And then God would say, all right, now you need to go to the next broken ministry. So technically, we've never really lived long enough to enjoy the fruit of planting the vineyard where we have been. But we have certainly looked back and we've seen a lot of ministries come out of that. And God has done a lot of great things. And I just celebrate every past ministry that we've had because not only has it grown, but it's what happened before it grew. And that is what those people did to build into my life. So as I do look at some of you that have known us here in this church, we are today doing much of what we're doing today because of you speaking into our life, you praying for us, and perhaps for some that were able to support the work that we did. So you can look at our resume and where we have been and what we have done, and you can see that you have changed the lives of those people in a practical way. We know God does all that, but you know what I'm saying. You have done all of that because of what you've done for us here. We are now on a journey that's embarked in our life. It's the, probably the biggest one we've ever had at, at the oldest part of our life, and we're the most tired, if you know what I mean. We're in that uh, winter part of our 60s, if you know what I mean. Now, why would we leave Hawaii? Think about it. Beautiful ministry. Place was a broken ministry. Now it's a church. It's got, I don't know, a couple hundred in it. It's got half a million dollars in the bank. All the building is built up. Guest rooms in the place. Radio program in Honolulu. Why would we ever leave to go to Orlando, Florida. Brain damage. We have brain damage. No, not really. It's because of the fact that there is a group of people that said, you know what we need to do? We need to prepare the next generation to be the kind of spiritual leaders to go and to plant ministries, churches and Christian ministries globally. But yet there are a lot of schools that are doing that. But what sets this school apart is it has decided to own the fact that when we are going to train these students, we're going to do it based upon the word of God and sound doctrine. And once they have sound doctrine, then we want them to know that when you present the message that you have to present it to the culture in a clear way that the people will understand it so that they could then engage God, engage the word of God and come as a Christian to then repeat the process with others. But there's also another caveat. We don't want them just to be trained ministers. We want them to have a heart that is fully turned toward the Lord first because we know that our intimacy with God truly fuels our outreach. And so we are giving Florida Bible College, which is our alma mater, a new beginning. Now, are there challenges with this? A tremendous amount of challenges. But here's a phrase that Carol and I live with and we rejoice in, and I hope you'll own it too. Our God truly is large and in charge. At the same time, he is near and he is dear. So we are stepping out on the promises and the faithfulness of God to go and do what he's calling us to do. And we are fully leaving the results up to him and where that takes us. So that's then. And so now I want to get into my message now for us because it's not a story about Stan Pons. What this is today is to bring us back to this weekend those of you that this is being recorded and be broadcast on our radio programs, I'm blessed to be here in beautiful Blue Ridge, Georgia, at Crossover Community Church, a church that loves each other and loves the Lord with all of their heart. 
But I'm also blessed because I'm here on the 4th of July weekend, and it gives me an opportunity to remind all of us that this weekend is a special weekend that we do need to go back and remember this weekend is not just about hot dogs and swimming and barbecues and sparklers and fireworks. It is that, and you'll hear that in a quote I'm going to give you in a moment, but it is much more than that. It's to remind us that of all the countries in the world, that this country was founded upon a biblical basis, meaning our Constitution, and that we are a very unique country, and that we're celebrating the birth of this country that really became probably one of the greatest missionary training and sending countries in all the world for all the time because of the freedoms that our founding fathers had given to us. So what I'm going to do in a few moments is I'm going to take and draw a parallel between our patriots who pledged allegiance to our country by framing of the Constitution and then being willing to die for its truths and provide us a country in which we live now, along with the patriots of Christianity and you and me who really should not pledge allegiance to our country as much as we should pledge allegiance to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But the parallels are quite striking if it's done correct. And so I think correctly it was done by our patriots of our founding fathers. And so I'd like to bring out three principles that happens that made our country great. That Now, they're not horribly spiritual, but they're very practical. But in these three principles is embedded the biblicalness of it in the response that our Christian patriots did as we now pledge allegiance to the Lamb. So maybe at the end of today's message, there'll be perhaps a couple of take-home points. I want to prepare you for them so that you know where we're going as we're going on this journey together. One of it is to celebrate our great country and the freedoms that we have and to do what we can to continue to preserve them for the purpose of not having a better life, but so that we can still be a missionary training and sending country and do it freely like we have. All right, I, I would hope that that would be the case. And for you young people that are here, I want you to know I am so thrilled and honored that you are here. And so today I hope you would engage in this message to see why your mom and dad will fly that flag and sing those grand old patriotic songs because they are wanting to do all that they can to hand you a country that you now can take and even make better. The second take-home point is that at the end of this, I pray that all of us would take one greater step forward in our own full consecration and the commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, that phrase is captured for Christians. The third I'd like you to take home is that together as Christians now, that we would want to take that message of pledge allegiance to the Lamb to everyone in our family, in our community, in our state, our country, and the world, so that we walk out of here not just informed, not even inspired, but transformed by this message. And that's where I'm going. And I pray that God will honor that today. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I humbly stand before these people, but I'm really on my knees before you in my heart. For Father, I pray that this message will be one upon which you will smile and empower. And that Father will resonate within our heart that we will leave here differently than when we came. And that we will be willing to make the changes from the inside out. So that today's time together will be so transformational for your glory. I pray for the one that would be listening to my voice today who has not yet received the full assurance of salvation being by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. This would be their day.
that they could leave here trusting you as their savior and then pledging allegiance to you for the rest of their life. Now, Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I begin, I'd like to give you a couple of quotes from some of our founding fathers that may be very familiar to you all, but it's to set the groundwork as I begin to go into these parallels, just to show you once again that we are really, as a country, rooted upon biblical principles. Years ago, when I was pastoring in San Antonio, I did a seminar called The Biblical Basis of the Constitution, and I brought in a constitutionalist who happened to be the mayor of San Antonio at the time. I asked him if he would just speak 20 minutes because he was so good on the Constitution. He came and he said that he was supposed to speak at Harvard the next day, but he decided to cancel that even though he was invited because he was so impassioned by the very topic that I gave him that he then spent two hours of his 20 minutes proving to us that our constitution was based upon the Bible. Now, I wish I had the time to unpack that, but I want to assure you that as you go through the training of our constitution, while our constitution doesn't have chapter and verse, while our constitution is not the 67th book of the Bible, I do want you to know that it is founded upon that Judeo-Christian ethic and how important it is. Here are two quotes that might impact you like they did me when I heard them again. The first one is by Patrick Henry, and here's what he said. He said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I've been preaching a long time, and I've been teaching a long time, and especially we have to go through often these times on patriotic messages, so you can only imagine how many books and how many quotes that I have read. They are good, all of them good. Past presidents, people who are involved in writing the Constitution, you'll hear some today. This quote, in my opinion, is probably the greatest quote of all of them because it sets clearly what was in the minds of these framers of our Constitution and what they wanted for us. Another quote is oddly by... Thomas Jefferson. He was president and he was addressing the Danbury Baptist at the time. A snapshot of his message gave this one paragraph that was astounding to me and it goes like this. The First Amendment was created, excuse me, the First Amendment has created a wall of separation between church and state. But that wall is a one directional wall. It keeps the government from running the church. But it makes sure that Christian principles will always stay in government. Now, it's odd that we see a lot of the revisionists now changing what our founding fathers meant or said, like they're even now trying to reinterpret the United States Constitution, and now we have a lot of the mess we have today. But if they would only go back and to hear the heartbeat of these men, and I believe women, who literally not only wrote this stuff, but gave their lives they would understand why we Christians are so passionate about America and our beliefs today. Well, let me begin now by drawing the parallel between the patriots of our founding fathers and their allegiance to the country and the patriots of Christians who pledge their allegiance to the Lamb. So I'm going to go through the whole list for the country, then I'll repeat it by going through the list for the Christians. First of all, the patriots made what I call a bold declaration. That's why they called it the Declaration of what, everyone? Independence. It was a bold declaration. For more than 14 months after the Battle of Lexington and Concord, on April 19, 1775, the Patriots fought not for their independence, but rather, watch this, I love it, for their rights within the British Empire. What was happening in the British Empire gave them rights 
And then they began their empire to take away those rights. And all they were doing at the beginning of all of this was all they wanted was the rights they were initially given to start with. That now the game was changed. The rules were changed. And it ended up finally to say, if we're not going to get those rights back, then we don't want you any longer. And we have what we have today. You've all heard, I'm certain, of Patrick Henry and the famous declaration that he made. Give me liberty or give me that, that did. Do you understand the context in which it was stated? Most people don't take the time or had the time written, given to them to hear it in the proper context. Would you give me a moment to read a larger portion of that speech in which that famous statement was made? Here's how it goes. Three million people armed in the holy cause of liberty, Patrick Henry said, and in such a country as that which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Besides, sir, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destiny of nations. We ought to remember that. And who will raise up friends to fight our battle for us. Battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. Because, sir, it is now too late to retire from this context. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are already forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable, and let it come. I repeat, let it come. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Quoting from Scripture. The war has actually begun. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here in this meeting, idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of being back in chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or what? Give me death. Now that to me is a bold declaration that he made in firing up the country and more people to join the troops. Well, as bold as that was, let me take you now to the end of this whole thing. Two days later on July 4th, another man stood up. His name was John Adams. He was a member of the drafting committee and he was so excited that they voted for this independence on July 2nd that he wrote his sweet wife who was back home in Massachusetts this letter. And here's just one paragraph from it. I love it. The 2nd of July, 1776 will be the most memorable day in the history of America. I believe it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival of shows and games and sports and balls and bonfires and illuminations like sparklers from one end of the country to the other from this time forward and forevermore well he had the date wrong I get that and you do too but he didn't get that bold declaration wrong how many of you either tonight or last night or for sure tomorrow will take time out of your schedule and it'll be so different than other days as you do what we do on the 4th of July and my prayer as yours would be too that we would remember that we are celebrating this because of the great sovereign God that gave us this country through those patriots who are willing to make that bold declaration. Now let me remind you though as we go to the second principle in all of this, bold declarations of anyone do not make a country. 
We can write all that we want to write. We can say all that we want to say. We can even make all the vows we want to make. But that doesn't make it. What makes it is the second. And as if these patriots paid a high, high price for that declaration. Put a star by that one if you're taking notes. I appreciate the declarations that they made. And I get what they say in Hawaii, chicken skin like goosebumps. But I want you to remember that the price to fulfill that declaration was astronomical. After the Americans declared their independence, they had to win it by force. They were a ragamuffin group of what we might call citizen patriots against an army with thousands of well-trained, well-seasoned, well-groomed soldiers from Britain who had now come against them. This ragamuffin group of guys and wives and family with their sacrifice to make it happen. But here's the interesting thing. A large amount of the colonists, about one-third, were really unconcerned about this. They didn't really care much about the outcome of the war. They were indifferent. They could support either side of it. They were a little eh, nonchalant about it. Another third of them actually sympathize with Great Britain. What do we want to disturb all of this? It's not so good, not so bad. Well, let's just let Great Britain do this. You know, back off a little bit. In fact, some of you that know your history know that the loyalists were called Tories. The reason they were called Tories because that was the political group in Great Britain that adamantly supported the king. So that one-third said, don't go to war. We like Britain. They'll take care of us. And then you have the last third the remaining ones, those patriots are willing to give their life. Listen to these statistics. 7,200 Americans were killed in battle during the war. 8,200 were wounded. 10,000 died from disease and exposure. 3,000 men died at Valley Forge. And I might remind you that 400 men died at Bunker Hill when it all began. An additional 6,500 died in prison after being captured. And there are still 1,400 of those men that are missing today. Now, what about those who signed the declaration? Those 56 guys. I won't go through all of them, just a few. They pledged, they made their declaration, but they're willing to pay the price. Of those, five men were captured by the British and they were tortured until they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their own sons in the Revolutionary War. Another two sons of theirs were captured. Nine of the 56 actually fought in the war and died from their wounds in the hardship of war. Carter Braxton of Virginia, wealthy planner and trader, saw his ship sunk by the Navy, British Navy. He sold his home properties to pay his debt, and even after the war, he died bankrupt. At the Battle of Yorktown, the British General Cornwallis had taken over Thomas Nelson's home for his headquarters. So the British came in like to your home, took it over, your beautiful mountain home. And Nelson got word to George Washington quietly, and he said, They're in there. Open fire on my own home and destroy it. His home was destroyed, and Nelson, too, died in bankruptcy. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. You remember they had large families then, so 13 children fled for their lives with him. His fields were destroyed for over a year. He lived in forests and caves. Keep that in mind. Returning home only to find, of course, that his wife died. His children vanished. He never saw them again. And he died 
in total exhaustion. So they made their bold declaration, but they backed it up by an extreme sacrifice that they were willing to make. Don't feel guilty to celebrate tomorrow. These very men and women would want you and me to do nothing more than to celebrate tomorrow. But while we do that, I'm certain in their humble way, they would hope that we remember why we're celebrating this and for what it's all about. Well, here's the third principle, and that is they made their bold declaration. They also are willing to pay the price, and I love this. They also will reap a great reward. Nobody who is willing to make the appropriate declaration on truth and then willing to back it up with their whole life will ever go unrewarded as long as we don't define what that reward should be, as long as we don't define when that reward should come, we will get that reward. Well, let's go back. The war began on April 19, 1775. It ended officially in 1783, nearly two years after that great battle at Yorktown. 10,000 troops laid down their arms, British troops. Remember what I told you to remember a moment ago? Where do they find General Cornwallis of the British Army? Hiding in a cave. God has his way. You are listening to Make It Clear. If today's message helped you to better understand God's Word, let me encourage you to be with us next time. Or go to our website, makeitclear.org, for more resources. If Stan's biblical teaching is helping you to understand God's Word more clearly and to apply it to your life each day, please remember, this ministry is listener-supported. You can become a partner with Make It Clear and take this teaching to other believers around the world by making a tax-deductible donation to Make It Clear. P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Or you may do so securely online at makeitclear.org. On behalf of Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College, thanks for listening and invite a friend to join you next time for Make It Clear. 94.9 FM, AM 950, The Word, where faith comes by hearing such fine ministries as Stan Pons, Make It Clear. Happen for you Monday through Friday at the same time at 5.30. This is a local Orlando ministry. You can find out more about it all online at thewordorlando.com. And be sure to mention you heard it here. I'm Alan Dempsey. Always uh, love the company. We're here in beautiful, ah, beautiful Central Florida, 68, wonderful full degrees. It's sunny. It's pleasant. It's a little chilly for this time of the year, but at least it's not in the 30s or the teens at night or lower than that, for that matter. At least it'll feel like that if you're in New York and getting slammed with a name storm. It's, it's a blizzard and it's just uh, going to stop everything. I mean, 1,500 flights were canceled today and oh, and lions and tigers and snow and bears and all that other stuff. And here in Enjoy the weather. If you're from that area or the Northeast and you decided to stay and miss a snowstorm, welcome. You made the right choice here at 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. 
We have a Church of the Week coming up this Sunday at 2 p.m. And the church is Centerpoint Community Church of the Nazarene in Orlando. The pastor there is Dwayne Adams. I'll have an interview with him. We'll find out more about him and the church. And then he will deliver a fine message for you Sunday on the Church of the Week. I invite you to join in. That's this Sunday at 2, right here. And coming up next, the reason to stay, Dr. Charles Stanley and In Touch. Now, when God speaks to a believer's heart, he never says anything inconsistent with Scripture. So we would do well to be familiar with His Word, to learn how to discern the voice of God. Listen in to In Touch. Dr. Charles Stanley coming up next at 6 on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, where faith comes by hearing. Mom, I just don't get it. I'll never get it. I hate math. Sound familiar? If your child struggled with math last year, it doesn't mean they have to this year. Let Mathnasium Learning Centers be the solution. Our unique teaching method is designed to fill in the gaps, boost confidence, and ultimately make math make sense. Mathnasium Hunt Club is right in your backyard in the Chick-fil-A Plaza on 436 and Hunt Club Road in Apopka. Call them at 407-682-6284 or online at mathnasium.com slash hunt club. Get into the Word with Andrea Holder and Fruit of the Vine, Saturday afternoons at 1.30. This live weekly Bible teaching is perfect for you and your weekend. If you have questions on faith or want to discuss a day's teaching, give her a call for a lively discussion. Fruit of the Vine, Bible study on the go, Saturday at 1.30 on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Are you in pain after a recent fall or car accident? Hi, this is Dr. Esther Pichardo. If you're in pain right now, dial pound 250 on your mobile device and say, I'm in pain. That will connect you to advanced physical medicine. After a car accident, your work, the insurance, the loss of your car, everything is a concern and your life changes in a matter of seconds. Material things can be replaced, but your health cannot be. If you're in pain right now, dial pound 250 on your mobile device and say, I'm in pain. Even if the pain is not severe in the first few days after an accident, studies show that physical injuries can get worse with time. If you had an accident and you're still in pain, dial pound 250 on your mobile device and say, I'm in pain. That will connect you to Advanced Physical Medicine with offices in Orlando, Hunters Creek, and Poinciana. Advanced Physical Medicine. If you are in pain, dial pound 250 on your mobile device and say, I'm in pain. 94.9 FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 